Good morning. Good to see each of you here. I have a couple announcements that I need to make. First of all, on a rather sad note, uh, Paige Brooks, our DSM, our Director of Student Ministries, her grandfather died uh, yesterday, and so her family will be gathering this afternoon and plant making arrangements. So there are no youth activities today. They have been canceled for today. Katie wanted me to remind you that next Sunday is Back to School Blessing and Promotion Sunday. And the, all the students are to assemble for a short assembly at, before Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. in the Family Life Center. So all students, all children will meet with me in the gym at the beginning of the Sunday school hour. Okay. The Bible study insert is in your bulletin on Disciple Bible Study left out the dates. Now this will be corrected for next week, but the Wednesday evenings begin August the 20th, and the Wednesday mornings August the 20th, and the, the, the Disciple 2 begins September the 7th. The Bible study on the stewardship that was planned for today has been postponed until 8.31 so that it will be uh, in line with uh, the usual startup of uh, the family program and uh, children's program and, and Bible studies on 8.31. So the Bible study on the stewardship and financial planning is postponed from tonight to, to August the 31st. See Jimmy Fowler if you have any questions. In the back, you, there should be some of these books right here, Pathways to Mission. This has just been re recently published by the South Carolina Conference, and in it has all our different ways that we're in missions within South Carolina and the world. It also has in it how the apportionments that we send from our church are spent. So you, oh, there should be enough for one for each family. I suggest you pick one up and be a well-informed United Methodist. On a lighter note, uh, Saturday was my 35th wedding anniversary. And uh, when Brenda and I were first married, we went to our first meal together was through the drive-through at McDonald's. <laughs> so Saturday, I suggested to my wife that maybe I should run to the drive-through through McDonald's and buy our meal for our anniversary celebration. She thought that was a terrible idea. <laughs> so I did get something else. But I, I, I do want to uh, just publicly say that the best thing that ever happened to me was when Brenda Isaacs came into my life. And I'm happy to have celebrated 35 years. And I hope all of you who are married celebrate uh, your anniversaries well this year. All right. Let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Lord, we come here today because we can. Because you have created this amazing world. Because you've given us days and nights to live by. You've given us minds to make decisions and understand with. And hearts to fill with. And because we're lucky enough to have the freedom to use these gifts. Amen.
Let us join our voices as we affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated and let our children come forth. to show you this morning. What is this? A baseball. And do you know what this one is? A lacrosse ball. A lacrosse ball. What other balls are there for games and sports? <coughs> A basketball. A football. A football. Anything else? Soccer ball, volleyball, anything else? Okay, if you're going to play one of those games or sports, what's kind of important about the ball? Hitting it's important. What do you have to do to hit it? Yeah, can you close your eyes? Will you still hit it? Mm, maybe if you're lucky. What do you have to do with your eyes? And keep your eyes on the, on the ball, right. That's important in any sport you play with a ball, right? You gotta know where it's going because it could hit you or you could have to chase after it or the other team can score with it, right? Okay, so that's what's important about balls in sports and in your eyes, right? Okay, but what about Jesus? What about keeping our eyes on Jesus? 
Do you know anything about that? Okay, well, I got a little story that goes with that, okay? It says, um, in today's lesson, Simon Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, and he learned a lesson about the importance of keeping his eye on Jesus. Okay? Jesus and his disciples had had a long, hard day. And um, Jesus had been teaching a huge crowd of people and healing the sick. His disciples had just finished passing out food to a crowd of more than 5,000 men, women, and children. And they were very tired. Jesus told the disciples to get in their boat and go to the other side of the lake, Galilee. He sent the crowds away and went to a place to be alone and pray. Later in the night, the boat was quite a distance from the shore when the wind came up and the water became rough with waves. Jesus went out toward the boat, walking on the water. When the disciples, disciples saw him, they were afraid. It's a ghost, they cried. Jesus answered them, do not be afraid. Take courage, it's me. Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, said Jesus. So Peter climbed out of the boat and began walking on the water towards Jesus. But when he looked around and saw the waves being blown about by the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. Lord, save me, he cried. Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter. Why do you doubt, Jesus asked. Why do you think Peter began to sink? He stopped believing and what did he do with his eyes? Right, he took them off of Jesus. Okay, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was fine. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. You and I may encounter some pretty rough times in our life. As long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and put our trust in him, we'll be okay. But when we take our eyes off Jesus and put our confidence in our own stability, we will surely sink. Okay, you ready for the prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, when the storms of life come against us, help us to remember to keep our eyes on you and keep our faith and trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. From Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, 
his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. O God, your faithfulness to us shows forth day after day. You turn disaster into success by taking what appears lost and transforming it to your purpose. And in Christ, you freed us from seeking to live up to the law, which we could never do. And you made us to be new people by faith. And yet, O oh Lord, as we praise you this day, we must confess that our faith often falls short of your gift. We try to live on what we have and fail to receive the greater gift that you want to give to us. And when we're surrounded by the storms of life and feel ourselves sinking, we do not keep our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so this day, O oh Lord, where we have failed, we call upon your name and we trust that you will forgive us and save us. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will fill us with new zeal for you and your message that you will help us to lift others above their doubts that you'll help us to lift those who are fearful and should give them courage. This day, O oh Lord, we want to lift before you all those that we have printed in our prayer list. All those that also remain in our hearts alone. We, we name them now. We pray, O oh God, that you'd infuse your presence to those who are lonely, that you'd give strength to those who are weakened by disease, that you'd reach out to those who are sinking beneath the burdens of life, and that you would comfort those who mourn. Jesus said, take heart, do not be afraid. I am with you always. And so we pray these things in confidence, for we know that you hear us, that you're with us. And we offer these prayers in the name of the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward now to receive our tithes and our offerings.
Well, we pick off and we pick up in the scripture right where we left off last week, right after Jesus feeds the estimated 20,000. So I'm at chapter 14 of Matthew, verse 22. So immediately after this, Jesus told the disciples to go into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of, of Lake Galilee. And he dismissed the crowd. Then he d went up to the mountainside to pray, which was his habit. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land and a storm had blown up and it was being buffeted by the waves. And so during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to the disciples walking on the water. And when they saw him, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and called him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt, he said. And then they climbed into the boat. And when they did, the wind died down. And those who were there in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for many things this day, but especially we thank you for your words, your scripture to guide us and to help us in, as we face our own uh, waves and wind. Help us to see that you are with us. We pray in your name. Amen. Many, many years ago, <laughs> our youngest daughter was little. And she had this awful fear of the water. And we were on vacation at Myrtle Beach and we were all around the pool and in and out, everything, everybody but Ashley. And I kept trying to get her to come into the water. Come into the water, honey. I wanted her to jump off the side into my arms, but she was afraid. I, I did everything I could do. Ashley had a choice. She could stay on the sideline or she could jump. I'll tell you in a minute what happened. Sometimes in life, though, we have to just jump. We have to jump into the water. Sometimes we just have to trust that the one who is calling us into whatever the situation is, that we just need to take the plunge. And we need to jump in. Now, you've heard the story here about Jesus and these disciples. You heard about, you've heard what, it's, what I just read, that Jesus went off to pray, and then when he came back, there's a great storm. The disciples were afraid. At first they thought he was a ghost, and then he said, no, it's me. And then Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, let me come to you by walking on the water. That's what he said. If you look at it closely there, he didn't say let me just come to you. I want to come to you on the water. You know, he didn't say, Lord, can I jump in and swim over there where you are? 
You know, I've often wondered about Peter's, uh, was Peter's, um, uh, you know, what his thinking was going on there. Uh, but I guess if you were in the boat and you saw someone walking on the water, it'd probably be a pretty cool thing if you could do that too. So I'm thinking that maybe, maybe Peter decided that this seems pretty cool. And Jesus is surprised us with feeding all these 20,000. Just maybe he can walk me on that water too. So, so he says, let, tell, Lord, let me come to you on the water. But one of the things Peter's also saying is, I want to join you where you are. Now think about it that way. Let me join with you where you are and what you're doing. And you see, I think this is an important uh, key point for us to see in our scripture today. Joining Jesus wherever he is, doing whatever he's doing, I believe is a component, a key component, in being a faithful disciple. Oftentimes as disciples, we think that what we're supposed to do is to dream up something to do and then ask Jesus to bless it. But you see, what we really should do is see what Jesus is doing and blessing and go and join him in it. We don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel. So oftentimes we think that we're the only ones that have an idea about whatever it is and we fail to see that there's all kind of ministries and missions going on that are around us that Jesus is blessing and we just need to be part of it. We either need to be participating or supporting it one way or the other. So as Christian disciples, I want you to see, in my opinion, that our job is not to dream up something to do and then ask Jesus to bless it, but to see what Jesus is blessing and then join him in it. And so Peter wants to be part of what Jesus is doing. And Jesus is showing and demonstrating his power over the elements. And so Peter jumps off the boat into the water and starts walking towards Jesus. Now, a lot, just as an aside, a lot of people will tell you, the only person ever walked on the water was Jesus. No, Peter did right here it is in the scripture. He did at least for a little while. We're not sure how far he walked, but at least he walked for a little bit. But then Peter did something that we're often, we're so often we do ourselves. Okay, now I said as disciples we need to join Jesus where he is and do what he's doing, right? But sometimes Jesus is in the middle of a storm walking on the water. Are we really supposed to do that? Yes. Because life itself is rarely calm, is it? Life is often one crisis after another. And it's within these crises of life that Jesus often says, Come, come and join me in what I'm doing and what I'm blessing. And so, Jesus, so Peter joins Jesus on the water. But then Peter made a major mistake. It's the mistake that I make and you make and we do all the time is we started looking around and lost our focus. Peter, instead of focusing on Jesus, started looking around and what he could see was the wind and the waves and the lightning and the thunder and all of a sudden, what happened? He had a crisis of faith. 
Henry Blackaby, who's the author of Experiencing God, which I think is a fairly decent uh, uh, study, if anyone of you ever wanted to pick it up and study it or teach it, says this, he says, and I quote, that when Jesus calls us to join him where he is and to do what he is doing, we will experience a crisis of faith. End quote. He doesn't say we might. He said we will. It's almost as if Jesus calls us to join him what he's doing on purpose to test our faith. And I believe that's a little bit of what was going on here today with Peter. A crisis of faith, and just in case you're not clear what that is, is the feeling that the obstacles and problems that you face are more powerful than the one who told you to step out in faith. A crisis of faith is the feeling that the obstacles and problems of life are more powerful than the one who told us to join him. Peter had a crisis of faith. He took his eyes off of Jesus and the tragedy is that when we take our eyes off of Jesus, all we see is the waves and the wind and the storms and the lightning and the obstacles and they're all around us and that's all we see and we panic and we have a crisis of faith. I can guarantee you that neither you nor I are a match for the storm waves of life if our eyes are not fixed on Jesus. You see, you can't fix your sight on more than one thing at a time. It's impossible to do that. You cannot focus on Jesus and be focused on other things. You're either focused on other things or you're focused on Jesus. When I served a church a few churches ago, I, in my office was a picture. Behind me was a picture of the church building. In front of me was a picture of Jesus. And when people came in to talk to me about issues or whatever, things that they, they wanted to do or not do or were upset about or whatever, they would come and sit. And when they sit, they looked across me and they saw the church. I looked across them and saw Jesus and consequently that gave me much patience that I needed to deal with some of the petty issues that oftentimes people will bring you. But it, all of a sudden it dawned on me that I needed to reverse those pictures. That the people who were sitting in front of me needed to see Jesus. They needed to focus on Jesus, not focus on the building or focus on the, on the waves, the problems of the church. They need to focus on Jesus. Now let me tell you something about being a minister. You don't move pictures even in your own office without the board of trustees gives you permission. But I did it anyway. I switched them pictures. And you know what happened? People, as they started to come in and talk about stuff, and they looked beyond me and saw Jesus, you know that they oftentimes, what seemed to be like such a major problem, kind of just went away. It was amazing. Because they were focusing on Jesus, not on the building. But now I was focusing on the building and what happened is I was losing my patience with them. <laughs> 
You see, you can only fix your sight on one thing at a time. Jesus is the one who gave Peter the ability to walk on the water. Think about that. Jesus is the one who gives us the strength and the courage to join him in whatever he's doing. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus, we are taking our eyes off of the one who enables us and empowers us to be the disciples we should be. And just like Peter, if we take our eyes off of Jesus, we begin to sink and our problems and our crises will overwhelm us and keep us from joining Jesus and focusing on Jesus and doing what Jesus wants us to do. Now the last point I want you to see is this. Peter, in his crisis of faith, took his eyes off of Jesus. Peter allowed his fear to distract him. But, even though Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, Jesus never took his eyes off of Peter. The scripture says that when Peter began to sink and drown, Jesus immediately grabbed his hand and pulled him to safety. You see, as I had just quoted from the man who wrote Experience in God, he said, we're going to have a crisis of faith. Friends, you will at some point in your life have a crisis of faith. And you'll take your eyes off of Jesus. But listen, here's the good news this morning. Jesus will not take his eyes off of you. If Jesus calls us to come and be where he is, even if it's in the midst of a raging storm on the water, Jesus will not let that crisis get the better of us. Jesus will not take his eyes off of you. Jesus is quick to save and quick to forgive and quick to overlook our crisis of faith. And just knowing, just knowing that Jesus is there to thrust out his hand to save us should we begin to sink, should we begin to lose our focus. That should empower us and enable us to have stronger faith. Like Jesus said, where's your faith? What happened? You're walking here, you're doing so well, Peter. What happened? I was always here. I was always watching you. All you had to do is keep looking at me. Just follow, look at my eyes. Just keep following me. Sometimes we need Jesus to throw us into the water. Finally, I got ex exasperated. I got out of the pool. I got up. I dried myself off. I picked up my daughter and I slung her into the pool. My wife, I just mentioned of 35 years, I thought she was going to have a hissy fit. Y'all know what a hissy fit is? 
But guess what? She began to swim. She ended up being on the swim team. That kid loves the water better than anybody else in the family. Sometimes you got to get out the boat and walk on the water. And sometimes I do believe the Lord just has to throw you in the water knowing that he's there with you, looking at you, his hand is there, and he's not going to let you drown. The Lord is working today, and he's calling all of us alike to do the necessary work and ministry in our parish. And God is calling us to come and join him in all the many exciting things that he's about. And if we would just focus on the Lord and get out the boat, we will get a vision larger than life, and we will work to make it so. And when we do have a crisis, the Lord is always there looking at us even when we're not looking at Him. Amen.
really wasn't as traumatic as it sounds. We had water wings on our arms. I don't want you to leave here and think, that minister's such a mean guy. <laughs> Receive now the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.